Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, today. Let's welcome back on the program, Cruzy McCalligan for this week's midweek audio column. Morning, Cruz. Good morning. How are you? I am doing very well. All the better for seeing you. Oh, that's kind. So what have you got? I'm rubbing my hands. I don't know why, but (laughs) what have you got for us today? Um, I'm going to talk about the chandelier. Oh, the chandelier. Why are you talking about the chandelier? I recently saw online on like Facebook Marketplace, something like that, where someone was selling a chandelier secondhand. Like, oh, those light things. With yes. The, yes. Beautiful the crystal hang- ones. Yes, those sorts of ones. And I thought like, I'm never going to be someone who has a chandelier. Right? Like, I'm never going to be. I mean, I don't think, I feel like my children would find a way to break it, even if it was hanging above them. Yeah. You know, but like, um, but I kind of remembered like in Hong Kong, we do have a lot of very beautiful restaurants and hotels and yes. banquet rooms and ballrooms. And I realized that as a child, when you're in these places, not like even luxurious ones, you know, like not even like five star hotels, but just in a banquet hall or something, just remembering being captivated by a chandelier. I have a great memory of my friend Aditi who had a chandelier at home and it broke. And so she had those little bits of crystals um, that were in, in its entirety. And she gave it all to to her friends in, in class, like Aww. 30 little small um, chandelier pieces. Wow. Um, and and I still no, I still don't have it. I mean, I don't have the, the the thing. But I still remember to this day. I was like, wow, this piece of crystal. But yeah, I, I also don't have a chandelier. Wow. I'd love one though. Like Do a, you? Do you think you'd love one? Well, maybe just a small one so that you know you can a see modest the modest chandelier. Yeah, modest one. <laughs> Are they really expensive? No, I think it depends on which one you have. Yeah. Like, and this is what the interesting thing is about the concept of chandelier. Uh, the chandelier is a signature of lighting design and has been one throughout the years. But its history goes back even further than people think. Over the centuries, it's evolved taken on new designs spread all over the world and gone from what it originally was which was holding candles to electric light bulbs but the main idea of a marvelous centerpiece of lighting remains so prehistory and early civilizations the basic parts of a chandelier actually date to prehistoric times and early civilizations there are examples of three separate types of oil and grease lamps dating to 17,000 BCE. And there are holes in the walls of caves in Lascaux, France, that were used by cavemen to hang their torches so they could see and make their cave paintings. So they've definitely, people have been doing this thing of putting light up high onto a ceiling for a very long time. Ancient Sumerian and Egyptian artisans crafted molded candles, alabaster lamps, and colored glass. Um, Egyptian oil lamps included wick holes, indicating they use a different method of illumination. Um, So they had all of these sort of ideas of like chandeliers. Now, in the Byzantine time from the 6th century is the earliest identifiable precursor of the chandelier. Candles were used as early as the 6th century too, but there was lots of problems with them. They were drippy and smoky and their wicks needed trimming and chandeliers had to be maintained with pulley systems. You had to be able to pull it down and put it back up again. I'm just Googling. Oh, yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yep, yep. Okay, I just so when we think about like vintage chandelier, vintage with the, chandelier. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's vintage, even in the with middle the ages. Yeah. 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 So there's this idea of, you know, be able to pull it down with a chain. And I think if we think of there's so many movies where someone cuts the chandelier chain and it comes <laughs> crashing to the ground. Right. Yes. So I think there's another reason I couldn't have one. I'm like, I feel like they're not that secure. Yeah. Um, in the middle of dinner, like <laughs> yeah, boom. boom. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's a, it's a very much a theatrical device. Right. Um, so yeah, so it's really interesting. Now, 
uh, in Italy, Venetian glassmakers established a guild in 2024 to help them practice their art. And now one of the things that they did was um, this idea of creating chandeliers. And there's a lot of paintings we have. And if you look at a lot of old paintings, um, even from like the 1400s, we can see these sort of hanging lamp ideas in in the pictures um, and it makes a lot of sense I mean it would be the most effective way to light a room for example as well um, and yeah now the first of now when we think of chandeliers the first thing you thought of is this crystal chandelier idea okay so we're not thinking about middle ages where you're you know washing potatoes and like deep like plucking a pheasant yeah, under no. a chandelier that's a different kind of chandelier we are thinking of that crystal chandelier now the first rock crystal chandeliers appeared in the 17th century so rock crystals are actually as old as the earth itself and every crystal is unique so that's you know when we find those kind of like crystals within stone this isn't like swarovski crystal this is like rock crystals and that takes place over millions of years to create that now um, what happened was they you would use these rock crystals in chandeliers in the 17th century then French glassmakers tried to emulate that look with molded glass drops oh. okay and then in 1676 a Brit named George Ravenscroft which is like a Harry Potter character um, <laughs> patented a new kind of glass for crystals flint glass which contains a lot of lead oxide and the lead oxide makes glass clearer easier to cut and prismatic which means that it's going to break up that light into that yeah, rainbows dispersion, and dispersion yeah. yeah and it takes color so well so people experimented with colorful glass and um, they did also try making like yellow glass with uranium which is probably again not a very safe thing to do um so this is really interesting and then you've got venetian glass makers who were adding molded glass flowers and leaves to chandeliers um and they also crafted glass arm chandeliers that are sometimes eight feet wide and I really think we can think of like places, I mean, maybe it's just the practicalness in me, but every time I see one of these kinds of really incredible chandeliers in Hong Kong, like a big banquet hall or something, I just think, who cleans it? It must be so dusty. Uh, That's where my head goes all yes, the time. totally. Yes, it must be so, yeah, all the little fine particles trapped in the... Yes, right. You're right. Like, how do they clean it? Do they dust it? How do they do it? There's no thing. There's no, like, there's no chain to bring it down. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's quite fascinating. And it still looks so clean, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it always shines. But I guess it would after many 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 mm. years um but yeah so they have this idea of like using chandeliers and this is happening like even in the 18th century design style there was someone called william parker who took out the chandeliers ball stem and replaced it with a vase shaped stem so they kind of like even the shape of these things kind of changed as well um and then there was a taxation issue apparently that happened in the late 18th century which revolutionized chandelier design so the glass excise act taxed all glass by weight but ireland was exempt so ireland became the place for glass which is interesting so then they the all these incredible glass houses like the waterford glass house was founded um where people would create these beautiful glass things these glass chandeliers and in england those who didn't leave um England adapted by using crystal drops cut from broken glass and strung this together. So they were trying to be very creative to use kind of like bits of broken glass to create something really beautiful. Um, but this this um, piece of legislation was repealed in 1832 and they could get back to like designing fancy expensive stuff. Now, in the 1760, 
was when the Industrial Revolution began and it really changed the world because decorative objects were now available to more people. So people would show off with a big chandelier. And there is something very opulent about a chandelier. If you went into someone's home... Or, oh, well, I was going to say hotel lobby yeah, and you see a really yeah. grand one, you're like, well, you're mesmerised You're mesmerised. And yeah. it does create a feeling, doesn't it? This yeah. big grand, chandelier. Yes, yeah. it really is. Um, and so I'm trying to think in but Hong Kong where few, there's a really big one. Or, well, just hotel lobbies or something. But I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't have friends who have chandeliers. But do you? Oh, I definitely don't have friends who <laughs> have chandeliers. But I think the point. But I think what you're saying. Going the point to somebody's is, home. Yeah, but I, I think, think it's interesting because I think we're like when we talk about like design in the world today. Anyway, there's this real shift from. Um, like kind of ornate design to like minimalism. Yes. Everyone's moving towards minimalism. And I think in some ways that's kind of sad. Like all our public facilities can kind of become sort of simplified and you're like, they're losing a bit of their character. And the benches yeah, and stuff. Yeah, things it's like that. Too yeah, it's, everything's a bit clinical. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think that might be some of the things that's happening with chandeliers. Once you have this massive ornate chandelier, now you just have like a giant big glass orb, you know, like, and that's, you know, you're the height of Scandinavian, Nordic, whatever. You know what I'm trying to describe? A big glass orb. And you'd be like, oh, it's my chandelier focal point. You're like, but where are the thousands of crystals? Um, But yeah, so it's very interesting. And now um, they they look at all these different elements of different um, uh, chandeliers. Now, in the 19th century, there was a bohemian glassmaker named Daniel Swarovski who invented a machine that could cut crystals precisely. Um, And while the machine was primarily used to make jewellery, um, he also entered the chandelier business many decades later in 1965. So Swarovski chandeliers are an actual thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they supply the crystals. Oh, they actually make it or do they supply the crystals? To, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe maybe they make it. Maybe of the two yeah. things. Um, yeah, but I find it very interesting so that you have this like um, people who don't have to use gas anymore for chandeliers while we have electric chandeliers. So you're not worried about that kind of thing happening either. Um, but yeah, I find it, um, I don't know. I think it's just a really interesting concept because I was trying to think, it was a very nostalgic idea for me when I was thinking about chandeliers because I was like, I just remember them from being a child and being so captivated by these I things. I know, I just had to Google and just show wow, you a few. Look, look at those. those. Yeah. That's the ones that they really, they drop down, then they come back up. Yes. Hey? And they kind of look like... like a bell. And almost like fake... Um, yeah. Fake, uh, like, they're like candelabra Ooh. with kind of fake candles Something like upright. this. Oh, that's kind of like a big teardrop sort of shape with different um, ropes of different lighting and things like that. It's quite amazing. Um but I think also that you didn't need to have lights throughout the whole chandelier. Sometimes it's just one central life source and then the light is diffused and diffracted and all those other sciencey words for light. Exactly. To kind of light a space. Wow, I'm just looking at this one. This kind of looks like a light lightsaber. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> Massive yeah, tunnel Yeah, it's coming light. all the way down to almost the floor. That's quite extravagant. But yeah. A but chandelier that you can touch. It's, but I think it's quite an interesting idea. I don't think people really have them so much anymore, right? Yeah. This is the orb you're talking oh, about. Oh, this is the yeah. orb I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah just a, a ring. Yeah. A ring of glass. Yeah. But it was that ornateness, I think, is quite remarkable. And I'm like, I wonder if I, I can think of anywhere in Hong Kong that kind of has them. Well, but I think you can have one. Chris, I can totally see you with this kind of a chandelier. Yes, but that's not a very chandelier. It looks like an amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. But I think it's, yeah. But the point Cells. is, it's interesting how that design has shifted, right? So that now it's about things being really simplistic yeah. and geometric and not necessarily having that ornate detail any longer. That people think that's kind of very oldie worldy yeah. um, and not very modern and, and cool but yes anyway i'm not in 
I'm not in the market for a chandelier, but I would love to know if anyone wants to share anywhere in Hong Kong that they know of a particularly amazing chandelier. Maybe not in a private residence, like one I could go and see yeah. and ponder how dusty it is. <laughs> because I think that's like me with any modern restaurant or like things like that. I'm like, how do they, how do they dust these lights? How do yeah. they dust all the hanging light bulbs or whatever? Um, but yes, I have one quote to finish on today which is from Peter York, who said, Chandeliers are marvels of drop-dead showiness, the jewellery of architecture. And I was like, that's a really lovely way of looking at it. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think I used to think they would be a bit gaudy or something, but I realised that they have an incredible history, a very ancient history, and um, there might be something to appreciate in them. Exactly. They yeah. are becoming rarer as we speak. There we go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Cruz, for your time today. Until next week. Bye for now. Bye.